This is Sharon Steitler, the bird chick, and I am here with non-birding Bill. Hey. And I have I'm done... I'm sorry, are we doing NPR now? We are, because I've done so much public television and so much public radio Tonight this we're week. we're going to be talking about the financial situation in Uganda and how that will affect your Actually, 401k I... and your self-driving car. Actually, Bill, I thought we would talk about the financial situation of the local wild birding franchise and whether or not they're ever going to increase but that tax But before we get subsidy. to that, how whale song can be used to increase your psychic energy. We're going to be talking to a dog trainer who claims that uh, your dog's feces may be your path to financial wealth. Uh, it's all coming up after the hour, but first, on commercial-free NPR, a few commercials from the people who gave us hundreds of thousands of dollars. Also, and I know this is a rough time to talk about this, but we cannot live without your financial support. Please do become a member. If you could become a sustaining member, that is what's going to help this podcast go. But before that happens, look, Mother, it's my body, and if I want to walk around naked on the beach, that's... <laughs> Janice in the public radio voice? It's kind of the same thing. Look, brother, it's my body. The thing that amazed me about public radio, I, I had a vague idea about public radio growing up in Indiana sure. because we just, you just didn't listen to public radio of in Indiana. Not. You were but, too busy listening to Leonard Skinner. Well, there was also like this whole Garrison Keeler thing. Oh, sure. And that made it to the Disney Channel. So yeah. we were somewhat familiar with that and that, that speaking tone. Right. And then we moved up here and public radio was like a huge thing. Of course. Huge thing. Of course. And you know how DJs switch from station to station? And yep. so periodically uh, uh, a music DJ would get onto the current here. Yep. And so someone, you were used to talking like this on the station, which is something right. like, and all right, now we're going to listen to uh, the Cutto Twins. Yes. Or, you know, yes. Yep. Here's the very latest from Lizzo. Earnest. Or very earnest, very soft. And I was like, that is so not what you sounded like when you were on yeah, Rev 105. Exactly, yeah. Or the ones we know who have broken free. And it's like, ah, that's what you sound like in real life. Right. They, I've, the I've asked. Bone. The bone. Everyone I've asked, I'm like, so do they give you a class on how you're supposed to talk? No, that doesn't happen. It's mm. like, why do you all have the same voice? Just in the air. It's something they pump into the. Uh, the contrails in the air. But something weird that happens here is that, okay, so when I started my media career, I, it's not even a career, I don't get paid to be on TV and radio. It's just right. like, it's 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 the exposure. I just do it because it's fun. But, um, so I went from like NBC to like that talk station that became a, a gossip station. Right. Uh, and then, like, doing some CBS stuff here and there. And occasionally I, I get asked by Fox News. And now I have made it to public television and public radio. And right. I get recognized in a way that I didn't get recognized right. when I did, like, all the other stations. But I don't think you do the voice. Like, I mean, you're always like... And I think that that's what works in my favor. Sure. So I recently... It was so satisfying. I had to yell at somebody on one of my National Park Service programs. Right. I saved their life. I regret nothing. Sure. But I had to use a voice that no one had ever heard me use before. <laughs> and even my... Oh, I've heard that voice. <laughs> even my coworker was like, I know you're loud, but I've never heard you be that loud. Oh, sure. And I think if we had kids, this would be the mom voice. Mm -hmm. But it was like, no, it was like, it was 
piercing and mm-hmm. aggressive and loud and you just yeah. and your voice isn't hoarse it's like it's all in the diaphragm my friend right but and i think that's what worked in my favor is like everybody's used to me being like happy go lucky Sharon. it's like oh hey birds this is fun let me tell you this right. fun fact about how this bird's gonna barf on you and i had to tell somebody to stop what they were doing to save their life because yep. they were doing something they didn't realize was dangerous yep. and, and but it was just it, but and i even remember like when i used that particular voice non-co-workers who were with me were just like there were audible gasps like right that is the voice of Satan it's like if you've ever watched if you've ever read Dune the, the part where they ah. talk about using the voice that's like, exactly what that I used that you can control people yeah that's the switch and I was trying to and I can't even recreate it because it was just in the no, moment the adrenaline I was like it's, I have to use this or it, you're is going, a, it is a commanding voice you are yeah and, and I don't want to well I, I don't know if this is unusual hearing this from a woman but like no I know this voice and I know that when I hear this voice, it means you mean business. But I mean, I think everybody has that particular voice, mm-hmm. and I usually can get people what I get people to do what I need them to do. Mm-hmm. That sounds very manipulative. I can usually no. get people to hey, FYI, you're being a little unsafe. You can Let's persuade do this. people. I can persuade people. Yes. Yeah, but there's like this person was ignoring all good persuasion, yep. so I just had to go to. <laughs> right. Anywho, so that's what I do on public radio. Is I use my aggressive. No, I just. Um, I remember reading a story of, um, might have been Heather Armstrong Deuce. She had a, one of her dogs was, was problematic. And just like she was, she, she brought a dog trainer in. Yes. And like, this is a high energy dog that just like ran around and never, like they couldn't control it, which is why they brought the dog trainer in. And they talked about this woman walked in who was the dog trainer and the dog looked at her and peed on the floor <laughs> <laughs> because this woman exuded I am in charge here. Yeah. You are that, going to do what I want you to that, do. That, that's not what I was exhibiting. <laughs> anyway, I've done a lot of public radio and a lot of public... I felt like somebody just realized in all the public tele, public media was like, oh crap, we haven't talked about birds. We need to talk about birds. Get Bird Chick on here. Stat! Right. And I, I just felt really inescapable. And then there was also the whole thing of one station asked me for a segment, another station asked me for mm-hmm. a segment. And then in the middle of that... A segment that had been recorded with me a month ago for a program that I designed was aired. So it was right. like three days in a row. It's like, I'm inescapable. You are inescapable. Yeah. <laughs> Pity it wasn't by choice. You could have built something else. All right. I, could, I could, you know, I could, I could make something of this whole bird chick brand. I could mm. probably, I don't know, make a book out of it. Maybe like create a meetup. Maybe. I don't know. I don't that's, know. That's sort of a pipe dream. It could, that, have, you know, it could have had something. People could know who you are. And yeah. Could have been in the New York Times. and I, Maybe I could have written for the Washington Post if I sure, wanted to. Yeah, yeah I probably could have, been, could have like parlayed it. Could have been on national television. You could have. I, you know, I probably could have even been on a reality TV show. Could have been made a, could have made a living of this for a while. Yeah. And, yeah. Probably still could make a living of it. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I probably could like get to bird festivals for does free. It ever, does it ever strike you how bad... Like, you and I are both reasonably intelligent people. How badly you and I both managed, like, your freelance career. In what sense? Well, I mean, like, you made a living. Like, you built mm-hmm. a brand and you got, like, a bunch of great stuff. You did all this stuff. But, like, we never tracked your metrics. We never, like, did search engine optimization on your posts. There's, like, you there are good reasons did, for that. Why, yeah. That was a conscious choice oh, okay. on my point. Okay. Because remember early, early on when we could, like, see who was checking this, mm-hmm. that, and the other? And I remember, like, one day you were telling me, like, 
oh, you had three people from the Seychelles, like, check out your blog sure. today. And then, like, a week later, it's like, nobody from the Seychelles did. And I was yeah. like, what the fuck did I do wrong? <laughs> and so I made it a con- I I don't look at that stuff. Right. And there's also the other end of it, the dark side of it, when they're like, well, you know, you can do X, Y, and Z. And yeah. I was like, well, that doesn't seem very genuine. Right. And then there's also the other thing. But we were never mercenary about it, is what I'm saying. So I'm not even saying, like, we could have done, we could have done, th- like, w- metrics, like, we metrics occasionally we checked, yeah. it. we could have checked into we that. We could have and, like, been better about but it. But we never put into, like, advertisers and stuff. You never really advertised on your blog and stuff like no, that. No, and I still, and I get it on a daily basis. Yeah. Like people who want to write stuff on my blog and pay, and, and, and so here's. It's not a lot of money. It's not a lot. It would be if I wanted to hustle and, right. and game the system. It could, I can see how it could be. Right. I could see. But. I But. Our goal was never like our goal was for you, as I understood it, was for you to be a professional bird writer, bird watcher. Like you to write some books and like do this. Stuff I wanted opportunities to, to write. This. I wanted opportunities. Our goal was to never write. for you to have a reality TV show. No, for you to have like. All and of I was this. like, when the opportunity came along to be on a reality TV right. show, I went into it with eyes wide open to just be like, oh, this. You is... were never interested in being famous for the purpose of being no, famous. No, no, no. Like you wanted. You wanted to be respected as a bird watcher. I, I, and I'm, I know I'm going to jinx things because mm. I know people have jinxed it by saying this, but I am the level of famous that I like. Mm. I can be completely incognito. Mm-hmm. I can go with no makeup to have an oil change. Right. I can, I can go certain places and be anonymous. If I wear certain clothing and wear certain glasses mm-hmm. and do my hair a certain way, I know I'll get recognized. I know where I can get free drinks. Right. I particularly love if someone's like, I've followed you online and I'd like to talk to you. And I, mm-hmm. and I like talking to people. I don't want right. it to be like, oh my God, I love you. And I was like, that's great. No, but I mean mm-hmm. like someone who I have genuine sure. stuff in common with, that's great. And if that's like an icebreaker, that's great. I've never wanted to be the level of famous of people we legitimately know. Like, right. I'm not going to say a name, but you and I were at a party once and someone was there and they had a particularly rough day at the airport. Yeah. And they got very angry with the airline, as they should mm-hmm. have. It was completely justifiable. And I was like listening to him, I was like, yeah, I would have done the exact same thing. I fly a lot like you do. And they're like, I'm just so relieved TMZ wasn't there. So he wasn't recording it on their phone. No, they said, specifically yeah. said TMZ. Yeah, and I was right, like, right, right. And I was like, yeah, you should have yeah. been because like you would have been all over TMZ. And it's like, mm-hmm. I never want to be so famous where it's like I would have TMZ's notice. Here's the question. Would you do Ellen? Because that was the thing. Like there was that point where that clip of wait, you wait, wait, went, wait, 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 wait. Now, when you're saying, "Would I do Ellen?" Hey, hey, uh, is Portia okay with it? No. <laughs> like there was that clip of you that you were on yeah. Ellen briefly, and it was like, "It's like, oh, she's kind of a fun person. Let's have her on." As that was. N- I knew that was never going a to bird happen. watcher. But would you do that? No. If if Ellen was mm-hmm. like, "Would you? Can I Skype you in?" Mm-hmm. I would absolutely do that. Absolutely. Um, that would change your life. No, it wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I would be famous for like a week. Okay. That no, Ellen's not going to change my life. No, that would not. At this point in my career, what if it led to you meeting Kate McKinnon? Now, when you say do Kate McKinnon. <laughs> I said meeting. I clearly said meeting. Everybody hit back 15 seconds on your podcast device. No, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm st- that's fine. No, I, I mean. I respect that. If national TV wanted to do a yeah. birding segment, I would totally do that, especially if it's a Skype in thing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I get an offer about once or twice a year asking if I want to audition for a birding mm. reality show. Right. That's and I just, like, no, you yeah. don't want me. And I see, like, you're looking at old LinkedIn photos of right. me. I'm way older than you right. want. You clearly here's want, what like, I, someone 20. Here's what I think you would be good at, <sighs> is if you were, like, the Leonard Moulton of birding. You take that back. Why? That bearded guy who doesn't understand movies very well. Leonard Moulton is great. I love Leonard Moulton. Mm. Anyway, but like Leonard Moulton, like he, after Siskel and Ebert had their big, like they were the big success with their show, he was on Entertainment Tonight and he was the guy. He was just like this avuncular, good natured guy. I listened to Leonard Moulton's podcast for a long time. Really? And the thing about it was he loved movie. They always talked about, he always talked about what he loved about a movie. Even if it was a movie they did not particularly like, he always talked about what he liked in the movie. Okay, and now I know you're going to think this is ridiculous because mm-hmm. outside of the podcast, you listen to me complain about like a bunch of minutiae of my job. Sure. But this week has been particularly busy and I have had like a lot of programs. But at the same time, if, if I was talking to young Sharon, it's like, mm-hmm. you're going to have a week in your life where like, you're going to be on local TV and radio, and you're going to po- show people birds from a kayak on the Mississippi River. Mm-hmm. You're like You're going to know how to do right. those things as well as point out the birds. Mm-hmm. And you're also going to produce a play, <laughs> and it's going to sell out, and it's also going to be on a riverboat. Right. And you're also going to like host this gigantic event on an Army Corps of Engineers site. Right. All in the same week. I mean, so I have the life that I want to have. That's great. That's, and I can still be somewhat incognito. Be, yeah, to be satisfied is that's I, this completely is, great. Yeah, this is a, I'm I do everything I want to do, mm-hmm. and I f- feel fortunate that I can say, "Oh, you want me to write this article mm-hmm. that I really don't want to write, or you want me to write this article that I'm excited to write, but I know you're going to completely rewrite my words." Right. And put you're gonna put it in your own voice and then put my name on it. I have the freedom now to say no. So I, I, I that's great. But if you're a reality show that once was like, and we're gonna make you famous, and we're gonna give you a catchphrase, and right. you're gonna have this whole crazy birding life and this whole. Well, I mean that's and that's why I brought up Leonard Moulton was he was he is part of movie culture and he talks about things. I think he talks about it very honestly, but he's not. TCM is not going to have me, like, introduce Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds and have me, like... Oh, God. That I'd be, would be a nightmare. I'd be so that much better at it than what's on TCM. Nightmare. That would be a nightmare if you were on TCM talking about all the things that are wrong with movies. The only movie you could talk about is Detective Pikachu. <laughs> God, that's such an amazing movie. <laughs> and now, special guest programmer, five screenings in a row of Detective Pikachu. <laughs> Now, if Ryan Reynolds wants to do a burning reality oh show God. with me, Ryan Reynolds and Kate McKinnon. All right. Oh, God. And if we threw Peter Dinklage into this? All right. That's enough of that. Hold on. Hold on. I just need another minute. I have to think this scenario through. All right. What do we actually have to talk about? Otherwise, I'm going to end the podcast and upload it right now, like <laughs> ending like three minutes ago. Now I feel really disrespectful. Okay. Because you know how in podcasts I've talked about how I don't like to read people's emotional connections to birds? Yes, several times. I know this in the podcast and in my daily life. So I just got a... Well, I got this book a couple of months ago. We've talked about this before. 
Have we? I think we only talked about this on the Patreon. Okay. Member only podcast. So Julie Sikafoos has a book that has that is coming out. We got an advanced copy a couple of months ago, and it's called Saving Jemima. And if you if you have listened to this podcast before, you know that I am a gigantic Julie Sikafoos fan. Yep. I she was, as I believe, the first and only guest blogger other than me on your blog. Yes, I, and, I, and I paid her. Yep. Didn't pay her a lot because I didn't how, have a lot of money. But so but got, yeah, you got Julie into blogging. It is, and that was because I wanted to read her stuff all the mm-hmm. time. I love Julie Sikafoos. She is. She she went to was Yale, you, and Yo-Yo you, Ma was her RA. Was that when you were in Arkansas? Yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, she's she's an author. She is an artist. She's a musician. She's just the total package, mm-hmm. you know. And the thing that I love about Julie is her. She knows so much, and she knows it from a scientific perspective, an artist perspective, and then just like her own emotions. Right. And I think that's one of the reasons why, if it's a personal memoir about a bird from a, a woman, I shouldn't say that. If it's a personal memoir about a person's emotional connection to a bird. I can take it from Julie because she has a very scientific approach to it as well, well as the emotional. You also know her. I do know her, but I. All right, this gets into the problem that we that the issue that we dealt with when uh, you you had to read uh, or when you H had is to for read H is for Hawk. H is for Hawk. Which I is, don't know that person. You don't know that person, and you're dealing with all these emotions of this person. You don't know. I found the book interesting just because of the way she melded a bunch of things together, and also like. The absurd stuff, like her father dies unexpectedly mm-hmm. in a hospital. They don't know where he parked his car. And I was like, that felt real. That that did feel real. Yeah. I but I also have issues with someone who wants to talk about a gossip because I love mm-hmm. gossip. I don't want to read someone else's emotional connection right. to a gossip because I have my own personal connection. Right. So this is a lot about a blue jay. Mm-hmm. And if you had followed Julie in the last couple of years, you would have known about Jemima. Uh, a blue jay that she helped rehab and it taught me a lot in that because as she was like releasing jemima and she was getting to know the other blue jays in the backyard and then subtle differences in plumage that she noticed and part of that is from her artist's eye of noticing details and so it has me noticing individual birds a lot more but there's also the added issue of other people that we know that are referenced in this book. And it's mm-hmm. it's an amazing book. And it's also, I'm not a fast reader, but I came back from a bird festival and I had this. And I was like, oh, I'm going to start reading this because I love a Julie Sikafu's book. And I read it all in one night, which is uh, an incredible feat for me doing that, uh, especially coming back from a bird festival. Sure. Uh, and during spring migration. It's an amazing book. I think this is, if you love Julie Sikafu's writing... This is her best book yet. Oh, and quite an accolade. I, it is, it is. And there's one chapter that I read like three or four times within 24 hours. Uh, it's chapter 15, Who's Saving Whom. I'm going to read a paragraph from it. Okay. Uh, I'm going to, I'm, yeah. The, but I, And I think this is eventually going to come out as an audio book. But anyway, this is the paragraph that uh, resonated with me most. And it says, This is my truth. This is the source of my sorrow and my joy. I'm far past believing there's any right or wrong to human need and love. People are fated to love whom they love and to stop loving too for no reason that can be defined. Love is a fickle and particular thing. People come to us with needs we may not be able to meet. It's up to each of us to carve, however painfully, the life we want to we want out of what we're handed. Wrapped up in that fluffy bundle in my hands was a new sense of purpose 
a new and better story to tell than the one my everyday life was describing. That's how Jemima saved me. And anyway, it's an amazing book. You should get it. Uh, we're going to put a link in this blog post uh, where you can get the book and you can get it uh, autographed by Julie. So it's it's an amazing book about her connection with one particular Blue Jay that she released and a few other things. So it's a good book. And okay. I really like it. So I do apparently like books where about people who have emotional connections to birds. Do you think it was your connection to Julie that changed that? Do you think that it, had you picked this up not knowing her that you would have? That's a really good question. I don't know. Okay. Because there are other things at play with knowing when this book was written. and Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think that's the interesting thing about H's for Hawk is that it's not just this woman writing. She was a falconer who decided to become, uh, what do they call it, an ass stringer? Ostringer. Ostringer. Astringer sounds better. Ostringer. No, it does not. Maybe if you're, like, from Kentucky. Astringer. Astringer. Uh, and then later you find out all the context of this. And part of what she's writing about is the... Part of what she's bringing into H's for Hawk is the context of... Um, who's the author she talks about in that? Oh, T.H. White. T.H. White. The context that she brings to his story of training this goshawk in the worst way imaginable. Uh, I just went to a real... Okay. But just like his, like, she does... It's a biography of this This guy wrote this book, but she's describing that. Anyway. But I also know you. And I also know how you feel about that. I just suddenly, like, like, I, I, no, I was just face. like, I, I made a face. Because here's the thing I was thinking. It was you like, made the face of Mikey from the old life commercial. Here's, here's what I was try thinking. this. I suddenly, like, had this image of my book agent coming to me and saying... Oh, you just had this family member who died? Mm. You should write a book about that and how birds helped you heal through that. Mm. And, um, oh, you like Bent? Why don't we tie it? Oh, no. You like that Najelty person. You know, we can get her stuff for free because it's in public domain now. Right. Let's talk about your relationship with Najelty and how you're dealing with grief. And, oh, God, this is what's going to happen to me. This is the book that I'm going to write, and that's what I'm going to be remembered for. Yep. And I'm going to be on Ellen. Sitting next to Kate McKinnon and Peter Dinklage. Okay, stop. You're okay. You're moving into weird territory here. All right. Okay. Speaking of weird territory. Okay. I'm sitting right here, but okay. <laughs> um. So, uh, you know, we talked earlier about how a sandhill crane was Taking me. Well, don't put your leg in my way. We talked earlier in the podcast, I think, this year about how uh, sandhill cranes were accidentally raising a Canada goose. Sure. Aloon has said, hold my beer. Okay. And is racing a mallard duckling. Oh, that's sweet. It is sweet. It's going to be awkward when they realize their young can walk further on land than they can. <laughs> no. My favorite thing about this is that, okay, so for people that listen to this podcast that don't know this, loons cannot walk. You may have seen an Audubon painting that shows a right. loon standing awkwardly. That doesn't happen. They they look terrible they can on sort land. Of paddle themselves. They yeah, yeah they can paddle, but like when they're on land, they're just it's kind of Their like feet a are seal. Too far back. It's yeah. kind of like a seal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So and that's one of the reasons why loon chicks ride on the backs of their parents mm-hmm. on legs. It looks cute. They're all snuggly. Yeah. So there's this picture of like this mallard because the loon is like, hey, oh hop my on God. my back. The bird is huge. I know. And the mallard is standing on the loon, and so this is the point. Like, imagine a mallard. To the point where, you know, it's gone from being cute, super fuzzy chick to like, right. oh, feathers are growing in yeah. now. 
and it's just standing. And it's like almost the same size as yeah, little bear. Yeah. But the person that's been observing this, so the other thing is, so loons are divers, mm-hmm. mallards are dabblers, yep. and there, there, there are diving ducks, but mallards at the end of the day they dabble. Mm-hmm. This, this mallard is learning how to dive. It's probably not doing it great, but right. it is attempting to dive because Jesus. it's imprinted. And like mm-hmm. the loons are like, no, you need to dive down. That's how you're going to get the fish. Crazy. And but but the thing that I'm wondering with this, and and I really wish I was watching it more. So mallard chicks are uh, precocial, so you know they just kind of follow the female around, mm-hmm. and it's like I'm going to try, I'm going to eat, I'm going to eat some vegetation, I'm going to mm-hmm. eat some aquatic invertebrates, I'm going to eat some tiny snails, I'm going to eat some bread. So is this thing just only learning to eat fish? I mean, is it? But is it also like, okay, the loon parents aren't looking. I'm, I'm, I'm going to eat this snail right now. That's, I'm I'm going to eat this bread. Always the question I have is, how much is instinct? How much is you know? How much is programmed in, and how much is learned? And I've never. I don't think we have a good answer. I've never to that. had a good answer for that. I think it varies from species it, I mean, to species. Well, even within the species, it's like there's some eagles that only fish and some that only scavenge and some that do both have you surveyed the eagles to know this for sure yes i did i I have devoted my entire life to to surveying eagles but just like within species birds have different behaviors based on what they learn or what they what is available okay and we have talked about this because when back when we i would do eagle banding there was one particular nest that we went to and there would be a whole bunch of soft shell turtle Right. shells underneath the eagle nest because one of the pair had figured out like oh mm-hmm. i can catch these and they're easy to eat and right. that that's not something you would find at a lot of eagle nests and then also when i worked at the raptor center the bird of prey place there was one particular bald eagle that hated fish okay. you could have the freshest fish possible you could bring in the nicest yeah. salmon and it was hilarious because this place was operated by the University of Minnesota, so it had a U of M janitor in there. And even the mm-hmm. the custodian, like, so when someone new would come in and they're like, oh, you don't want to put fish in there. That bird's not going to eat fish. And, you know, the person would be like, well, I know more about birds. I'm going to put fish in the eagle. And it, the bird would not eat for two days if you only fed it right. fish. It really wanted rat There's not chicken. one answer to it. No, but I just found it interesting. It's like, wow, you have that much of a flavor palette that you just, you really don't want fish. That is supposed yeah. to be one of the main things you want. You would rather have garbage than fish. I'm really curious what's going to happen with breeding season with this mallard. I don't, that, that's always sort of the heartbreaking thing with uh, with the imprint stories. Is like, And it's also one of the things that fascinates me about, like, um, not invasive species, but like um, cowbirds, like birds that, well, cowbirds like, clearly figure it out. Well, but I mean, but I mean, they figured they figured it out. But at a certain point, a cowbird figures out that, oh, I'm not actually this. Yeah. I need to go lay my nest and my eggs in some other bird's nest. But have they figured it out, or is it genetically encoded? I don't know about that, but we have learned more about cowbirds. We may have talked about this on the podcast before. Like, they've done studies mm-hmm. where once the juvenile cowbirds are kind of coming out of the nest and they're fledging. Mm-hmm. At night, instead of going back to the nest area to roost, they go out into fields where other cowbirds are. Mm. And so they sleep with the other have cowbirds. Raves. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, finally, someone who understands me. Sure. Do you have tiny parents too? <laughs> Do you feel, I'm like gigantic compared to my they parents. They go on the bird internet. Yeah. And then, and then like, you know, a couple of them lock eyes and it's like, let's go experiment behind sure. this corn stalk. But this is this, yeah, it's this whole thing about. But I don't know what's going to happen with this mallard, you know. I know. 
But you do see instances where egg dumping happens and mm-hmm. one duck ends up in another duck and they still... Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Animals are crazy complicated. What else you got? Gizmo the Chihuahua seized and taken away by seagull. Oh, boy. There's a lot to unpack there. Oh, Let's God. start with seagull. All right. No. This, is, this is what I was afraid was going to happen last week, but okay. So. One of my babies. So Ugh. this happened in the UK. I'm trying to figure out which gull it was. Mm-hmm. Was it a herring? Was it a great black-backed? Took off with a four-pound chihuahua. Was this a famous chihuahua or just somebody's chihuahua? It was somebody's chihuahua. Okay. Well, I'm sorry that happened. I'm sorry it happened. Wait, I, I wouldn't think that a gull would have the grasping claws to... They didn't grasp it with their claws. They grabbed oh. it with their mouth. Jesus. Four pounds? How Gulls? big was this gull? That's why I'm thinking it. it has to be a great black-backed... Gulls are... Wow. Gulls are brutal. I, I probably didn't show you that, but no, gulls are brutal. Don't. No, yeah, you don't well, want to. Don't show me that. I mean, you don't I know want how to see the are. rabbit videos and gulls. No, I've no, seen. I don't. Or the the unfortunate eider video where they're tag teaming her. I don't. No, I don't. Yeah. I absolutely do not. Gulls okay. are terrible. Well, I'm sorry this happened to this. But I, I kind of endorsed dog. like all horrible. gulls being called seagulls, so that way we can't yeah. tell the exact perpetrator. But right. Again, people, if your pet's okay. under ten pounds, yeah, terrible story. Don't. Okay, let's move on quickly. There's nothing about this story I want to know more of. All right. Anyway, I'll put a link in if you want to read more about how a chihuahua was seized by a gull. Right. And if you do seek help, we're not going to talk about this because there are many therapy organizations available for you. What? Why would you want to know more about this story? I would kind of like to see the video. It's kind of like wanting to see the bison video where it's like tossing a nine-year-old girl. No, you don't want to see that video. Well, you know the girl survived it's without serious injury. don't want to see that. It's pretty epic. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. What's the next story and how many legs does the dog have left at the end of it? <laughs> Let's not talk about that. Okay, I won't talk about the turkey riding away with the great gray owl chick. Oh, my God. So this video was making guns rounds. of blazing. No, I, I, I so this I, and I shared it. It's a young great gray owl. It it has left the nest. It's in the brancher phase. Mm-hmm. You know, it's still downy and has some feathers growing in. And there's a turkey kind of walking around it. And then it all of a sudden climbs up on the turkey and starts riding the turkey around. And it's begging for food. And the turkey is just like, ah, okay. Oh, you showed me this. Yeah, this is happening. Okay, this is fine. Let's do this. And then like the great gray owl falls off. And the turkey stops, and it's like, I'm going to kind of half-heartedly roost you. So the great great climbs back on. It's a Crazy. fascinating video. And so there's a couple of things going on. So it's, it's clearly a... It, so it's a hen turkey, or maybe mm-hmm. it's a young turkey. And it's like, I don't know what this is, but let's let's figure it out. Got and and if it's shiatsu there. Yeah. But you want to ride me? Okay. I'm lonely. Just let's... We're buddies now. But, I mean, if it's a hen turkey, maybe she has her hormones kicked in. Do you suppose in. that the owl was confused because turkeys like roosted trees? So maybe they look like the trees? And it fell out of the trees? So I was like, oh, here's a tree passing by. It's a brancher bird. Right. And it, it's to the point of where, like, oh, I'm out, and I just i am going to make noise, and hopefully something will come feed me. Right. You're big. You're kind of the size of my parents. Are you going to feed me? Oh, okay. I'll ride you. Okay. Right. I'm just going to keep begging until you give me some food. And the turkey's <sighs> like, hey, you're supposed to be precocial. You're supposed to be, like, finding right. your own food. Nature. 
interesting and also stupid sometimes. Well, just confusing. And so yeah. is this a young turkey who's just... I'm gonna, interesting plus stupid equals confusing. <laughs> I, we're just going to let this happen. Or is this turkey a hen turkey who's like, I don't have a brood right now. They all right. got eaten by coyotes. Oh my god, it's like Dot and the Kangaroo. It's not at all like do you remember kangaroo. Dot and the Kangaroo? Of course I fucking remember Dot and the Kangaroo. I had Showtime when I was 12 years old. So how, so like, Kangaroo had lost her Joey. Right. Like Joey was killed. And so that was one of the reasons why I was like, yes, Dot, you can ride in my pouch and I'll mm. try and help you get back home. Right. So maybe, maybe the turkey is Kangaroo and the great gray owl brancher is Dot. All right. Who's Bunyip in this situation? Clearly, that's the person filming the video. Oh, okay. It's an interesting. It's 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 one of those. It's one of those weird, inexplicable things that uh, I love about nature. It's like I don't know why this is. I happening. don't. Yeah, nobody knows why it's happening. I can kind of explain it. Right. I can kind of see. Like you can see the turkey is clearly like. Am I supposed to roost you? The I'll fact kind that of the turkey, you. yeah, the turkey let the owl back on is the crazy. Part. Yeah, well, it happens more than once, and the yeah. turkey, and, and when the owl falls off, the turkey kind of looks at it, and do, the turkey kind of sits back down. Do turkey chicks ride on the back of them? No. Okay. Well, that's the crazy thing. But I think there's also the whole thing of like this thing is following me and mm. making noise. Mm. So you you have that instinct of like, oh, something's following me and making mm. noise. I, I should comfort it. You know, it's kind Which of like... Is how we met. Yeah, but I mean, it's like Liz Lemon in 30 Rock. Mm-hmm. I, and I feel like this is like me in any parenting situation mm-hmm. since I don't have kids and I don't want kids. I like kids. I will educate your kids. I don't want to be a parent. But it's also like, it okay? Don't be cry. Right. And that's how I feel the turkey is with this uh, young gray gray owl chick. Animals. It's fucked up, y'all. They're crazy. Do you have another story? Mm, not one that you're going to want to hear about. All right. Give, but me, I'm, I'm, give I'm, me the headline one word at a time and we'll see how far I no, can make no, it. No, 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 I'm not going to do Ooh, that. It's that bad. I'm just going to say, hey, it's it's late July. It's shorebird time. <sighs> okay. It's where are you going? Where are you going out to see birds now that fall migration is about to kick in? Mm-hmm. Where are you going? You gonna you gonna go look at where the am I going? I want to know where people are going. Oh, okay. Let me know. You can either put it on the Patreon page. You can put it on the Bird Chick Facebook page. You can send it to Sharon at BirdChick.com. Mm-hmm. Where are your go-to shorebird spots? For Minnesota, Dakota County is a spot. Southern Minnesota is a good spot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What are you doing? And hey, are you people out there digimoscoping? Are you out there taking pictures with your phones and your spotting scopes? Let me see it. How, how closely are you following the? Uh information about the new uh, iphone not at all because i'm not thrilled with my new macbook air <laughs> okay i i love how light it is mm-hmm. i this keyboard is nonsense what do i need to know about the new iphone uh what i'm seeing is and this is how checked out i am i used to be like mr mm-hmm. apple i'm not following it. i'm seeing like photos of it looks like it has three cameras fuck you iphone yeah no, I feel like we've gotten to the point of like, remember all the point and shoot cameras and we could, and people were like mm-hmm. slapdash making adapters so we could attach them to their scopes and like, yep. hey, can we work with you? And the camera's like, no, we only make like 20,000 cameras at a time. No way we want to like make an adapter for you. Fuck off. I feel that's that's the way it is with the phone. Like, we don't care. We're going to, we're, we're like Jurassic Park. We don't care well, if I mean, we should. We're just doing what we could. Well, the central issue is... They don't. Ha- it's not like a DSLR where it has one lens 
with a variable focus length. The way they get around the size issue is they put two or apparently now three cameras on. So the phone has one quote-unquote regular camera and one telephoto lens. So. So it'll get rid of spotting scopes? No, I'm just saying that you're not going to be able to use it with a spotting scope because it has multiple lenses. I have a phone that has two lenses right now. Well, I'm saying not use it in the same way. Well, if it has a telephoto lens, I would not use the telephoto lens on the iPhone with my spotting scope. Mm. I would just stick with the... You know what? It's nonsense. We have options. Maybe what's going to happen after a while is I'm probably going to go back to DSLR land and like actually like... Then you'll be an old man birder. Ah, you kids today with your smartphones. Ugh. So the thing that cracks me up, now that we have young birders and mm-hmm. older birders, there are apparently no middle birders, because anytime there's like a complaint mm-hmm. about someone who's old, they're automatically a boomer. Right. And anytime there's a complaint about someone who's young, it's like, well, millennial birders. Thank God they've forgotten about us Gen X. I know, Gen X is like... And but what's really hilarious is like sometimes somebody will be like, "Look at this fucking boomer birder." And it's like, "Oh, that person's like a year younger than like me." The, They're very clearly Gen X birders. We're like in the old James Bond movies where it was like the U.S. versus Russia, and we're Spectre just playing the two sides against <laughs> each other. I love it. I love it. Yeah, that's, Generation Spectre. That is totally me as a birder. I am playing both sides. Do I talk about the Bourbon Bastards and Birds article where they're talking about stringers and, like, outing them? You can. Uh, You kind of already have. It just fascinates me the glory people try to find in birding. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, as you've pointed out with birding, that, you know, it's an honor system. Mm -hmm. And, like, how do you police yourselves? No, I was at uh, my good friend Brandy Brown was emceeing at the Acme Comedy Club, and I went to see her there. And one of the guys had uh, the headliner, actually. What Do you know the name of the headliner? I do not, but I can find it out. Do you want me to look it up? I kind of want to know the name of the headliner if we're going to talk about their headline. Okay, we took a little pause there. It was Joe Zimmerman. Do you want to talk about the many text messages I sent you that night? Uh, you were extremely drunk. We'll talk about that later. Uh, Joe Zimmerman was the headliner, and he did a bit about bird watching. And uh-huh. I was like, oh, thank God Sharon was not here. Sharon was drunk in a hotel room because sending you multiple text messages. Yes, she was. <laughs> uh, he did a bit. It was, um, in my opinion, a mildly amusing bit about, like, do you know how bird watchers confirm that they've seen birds? They just tell you. And his bit was like, the next time I see a bird, I'm going to tell them I've seen, I've seen every bird that there is. And they're going to say, and he said, some actual bird. It was an actual bird. But he's like... Well, where did you see some super rare bird? In a tree. <laughs> and that was that was the bit. I can see why you thought that was funny. No, I. you can see why I thought that would piss you off. <laughs> well, anyway. So, at Bourbons, Bastards, and Birds, this is a blog that's been around for a long time, if you haven't checked it out. Okay. Uh, so, they had a post uh, this week called the Human Birdwatcher Project, colon... <laughs> To catch a stringer. And a stringer is someone who, like, I have to explain this sometimes. Because sometimes, I so I have a birding emoji pack. And mm-hmm. so someone will send me something and I just send them, like, a picture of a pile of string. And they're like, I don't understand what this means. It's like, that means you're, they're stringing you along. So mm-hmm. a stringer is someone's like, I saw this bird! And everyone goes to see it and they don't see it. Or, right. you know, and they have several of those. Like, oh, you're you're stringing us along. You're, right. you're, you're a stringer. So it, it talks about... It references a couple of famous stringers. The Swallowgate is the most notable one. 
think we've talked about Swallowed Bird I'm before. I'm positive. We've been doing this for like 10 freaking years. We've talked about it. I'm sure we did because I remember like when yeah. the the gigantic scandal outside of Swallowgate happened, I was like at Biggest Week and I heard people talking about it and they're like, well, you know, he was the guy behind Swallowgate. And I was like, oh, that's who that was. Right. But anyway, it was uh, talking about how um, people who see rarities and so if somebody reports something to eBird and then all of a sudden like an eBird list shows up the day before like the actual rarity was reported and that kind of stuff. So it has kind of a list here of like how to tell a stringer, you know, questions you should Mm -hmm. ask yourself. And and, and some of it is like if you suspect someone of like making up bird reports is like, are they a good birder? Mm-hmm. Um, how often do they find rarities? Okay. Um, how thorough are their descriptions? Mm-hmm. So, like, because I said so, that's 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 right. not a good one. Do they only bird alone? Does anyone go birding with them? Does anyone else ever see the birds they see? Like, I had a Louisiana water thrush in my patch. Right. Confident I did. It was a day when I had a ton of northern water thrushes. Mm-hmm. And they were all doing their chip notes. And there was a chip note that was distinctly different. And there was another. And there were, there were all the reasons. But I was just like, you know. And so my eBird reviewer was like, yeah, we usually don't get those in that area. So I was just inquiring. I was like, yeah, you know, this is part of the migratory corridor. But I didn't have a photo of it. So I didn't feel right. good about it. But I know in my heart, based on the chip sure. note and like how it was mixed in. But I don't. My fear, my terror is being a stringer, so I, I just left it. Sure. Um, is a big year involved? That is apparently a song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Ken uh, Kaufman talks about that in um, Kingbird Highway. There's a section of the book I specifically remember where he was at some bird festival and he saw some rare bird that he needed, and mm-hmm. the person was like, Oh, can you take me out to where you mm-hmm. saw it? And he was long period of time, nothing. And then the bird showed yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but that is the fear. Like, this is where it's on a Yeah. Fuck. But the other thing is, like, now there's also metadata with your photos. Sure. So, if, like, let's say you took a picture of the bird mm-hmm. and you removed the metadata. You can do this in a number of different yep. ways. The easiest way is you bring up the photo on your laptop. Right. And then you just take a screenshot. Yep. And you post a screenshot to hide your metadata. I've never done this. Right. But I just know that's a way you can do it. Yeah. I would not do this. But, uh, but you know. Oh, I know how to go to Photoshop and erase the metadata. Too much work. It's too much work. But you know, and and I mean, that's also the other thing. If you want to like also do it audio audibly, just take a video of it because we can hear things, and then also right. the metadata is there. And uh, how many photos do they upload for a rarity? Because there's also the thing of like, okay, you're going to hide the metadata, but you're also going to post the picture of the bird, and you're going to crop it. So like, let's say you're right. seeing it in November, and the bird you have the bird, and it's like, oh, there's. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. To make sure you don't see any yeah. So it's whispering is good on the podcast, by the way. Please continue to do that. Anyway, I'm just saying. Please, please turn this into an ASMR podcast. Oh, I should totally do a pishing ASMR. You should not do that. Uh, okay, so what was the point of this? Was to how to tell somebody story. I was just trying to. Uh, I, I okay. used a story I hadn't intended to talk about to avoid talking about another three-legged bird. Great. It would a three-legged you. bird? That sounds fascinating. It was growing out of its thorax. Oh, boy. Birds don't have a thorax. Well, maybe this bird did. Maybe this bird had three legs and a thorax. Right. <laughs> I think we should wrap this up. This has been going on for 43 this ridiculous minutes. This is the public minutes. podcast. This is. 
All right, this is Bird Chick Podcast number 252. If you have any questions for Sharon, and I can't imagine please, why you would. Please. Okay, everybody, if you have questions <laughs> for me, I just want to ask a favor, because I know I also said, like, if you have digiscoped images, tag Bird Chick in it, or, or put it on, please send me those. Please don't send me any more bird questions right now. Okay. Or if you're going to send me a bird question. Let's take a break until the end of August. If you're going to send me a bird question, send me something I can actually answer. Or mm. send me a yes or no. Or send me something where it's like, I can identify it. Don't send me something that somebody who maybe listens to too much public radio and has an esoteric theory about birds that let's just is... Call, let's just take a break for the summer for questions. Let's That's nuance. If you want to send me a picture right. of a bird and ask me to identify it, that's great. I have so many things in my inbox that require nuance and... Mm-hmm. And let's be clear. If you don't get a response, please don't take offense. It's really, it's really not personal. It's just I will get a question in my inbox that requires... Right. Right. I get it. I... I get it. I, I, I need to find, like, uh, an example. All right. This is Bird Chick Podcast number 252. If you have a... Please don't ask me what your spirit animal is because oh, I number one somebody spirit, do that. Number one, I don't believe in that. Number two, there are legit religions that do believe in that, and so just like asking for it for like stress relief. Okay. Number three, don't ask me if a cardinal is your relative. Don't ask me sentimental questions. I'm going through a lot lately. Apparently, my inbox. I I kind of want to declare email bankruptcy but there are things like i legit need to answer in there but there are also things like i open it and it's like can't you just ask me to identify a bird right let's end this okay the podcast first podcast number 252 (laughs) please do not contact sharon for the next five weeks no you can contact me after august 10th uh where she is at birchick on twitter sharon at birchick.com and she is on Facebook, and I never remember what her Facebook handle is. But uh, we'll be well, back. I have a red background and a shirt that says no go. Special thank you uh, to our Patreon. Thank you, Patreons. We put this episode out because of you. Yeah, you're great. Fantastic. We love you, and uh, we'll see you soon. We bought a new futon mattress because of you. 